You are listening to the Passion City Church podcast. To learn more about Passion City Church, including our gathering times in Atlanta and Washington, D.C., visit us online at passioncitychurch.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Louis Giglio. So in these weeks, we're talking about how all of us long for our Father's blessing. We want to know that our Father sees us, values us. We want to know we have our Father's affection, participation. We want to know that our Father believes in us. And I think more than ever in this generation, there is a longing to know, where did I come from? Who am I? And does my life matter? And a lot of it is linked to our families. In fact, right now, one of the biggest things going is people sending away their their spit, if you will. You know, you get a kit in the mail, you put a blob of spit in the container, and you mail it off, and in a few weeks, you get the results in your email letting you know where you came from. Now, I don't have my results back yet, but when they come back, they better say there's some Sicilian and some Greek in my world. Because I've been carrying Giglio, step down to Giglio, all of my life. And if I don't have some Sicilian and some Greek in the mix, I might as well have had Johnson from the beginning, and I wouldn't have had to spell my name for people a thousand times in my lifetime. We want to know, where do we come from? And so when you get your results back, and I can't wait to find out what mine say, some of the results are surprising. Some of my friends have done it. Some of our family members have done it. And they're like, yeah, there was what we expected. We're sort of an Eastern European outfit here, or we're what we expected. We got a lot of Middle Eastern in our DNA. But there's always a wild card for everybody. I didn't know. I had a little bit of that. And it seems like all of us have 1% of unknown in the mix. I'm talking going way, way, way back. We want to know, where did I come from? What are my roots and what is my origin? We're talking about our family tree. The message today is called The Tale of Two Trees. Thus, the text from me to our amazing production team, I'm going to need some trees on stage at the gathering this weekend. And don't you love our production team who says, you need some trees? We'll get you some trees. We all are the result of a family tree. So when you put the blob of spit in the thing and you send it off, that's what you're finding out. What does my family tree look like? And for you, I want you just to think about yours today. Maybe yours is straightforward, simple as can be. It's you and your brother, your mom and your dad, their parents, and that's your tree. I got grandma and grandpa on mom's side, grandma and grandpa on dad's side. I got mom and dad, I got me, I got my brother. You can draw it out pretty nice. Yeah, we got Uncle Eddie over there and his two kids, our cousins, and we got Aunt June over here and, and their two kids, our other cousins. It's very straightforward our family tree. Others of you need more time. Because you're like, okay, now, are you talking about like my biological family tree or all the people that are joined into the family in our family tree? Are you you talking about like, 
all the ex-wives, are they in the tree? Or are they like in another tree with a dotted line from our tree to their tree? Because, you know, we don't talk to them anymore. Are all the step-parents in the tree? All the step-grandparents, are they all in the tree? Is granddad's friend in the tree? I mean, she's been at every family gathering we've had for the last nine years. Nan. She and we gonna like give her an honorary spot in the tree. Are we counting all the people that are like blood relatives of ours, even the ones that we tell our kids when we're on the way to Thanksgiving? Hey, just remember everybody, we're not like them. <laughs> Some of us need a large piece of paper and a little extra time to go, oh yeah, I'm my half brother. Yep, he's in there. Lot of dynamics when we talk about our family tree. A friend of mine, this week, releasing Not Forsaken, which is all about fathers and all, a lot of it about my journey of, with my dad. A um, friend of mine, day before it comes out, says, you're not going to believe this, but my parents wanted you to see this. It's his family, like I think his grandparents or his great-grandparents, in the church directory. Did anybody grow up through the era where you got your family photo in the church directory? Please, anybody here? Yeah, any Cumberland people get in the church directory? He said, so we were looking at our family in the church directory, and on the same page our relatives are, guess what was on the same page? This right here on the very same page. <laughs> Gina, can you believe it? I'm thinking around 1968 or earlier because uh, Dr. Stanley wasn't the pastor yet because on the front of the church directory, which I also got a copy of, uh, Dr. Roy McLean was the pastor, First Baptist Church, Atlanta, Georgia. I just want you to see how happy we were at this stage <laughs> of our family's life. My dad is not feeling it on this particular Sunday. My mom, bless her heart, looks transfixed on Jesus. I have the familiar look on my face like something's on fire and y'all don't know what it is. And then there's my sister Gina and she looks amazing and beautiful just like she did then and just like she does today. Happy Mother's Day to my sister Gina, the world's greatest mom. And she obviously is feeling it. She loved that bow tie thing she had going on. <laughs> but this is the, the nexus, if you will, of my family tree. And uh, it's a not super complicated tree. And you can add all the pieces in. But when you think about where you came from, what you're talking about is your family tree. And for some of you, that's a pretty good story. Your family tree, by and large, is a good tree. You've got love coming your way. Your parents weren't perfect, but they, they gave you the blessing. Your dad, he wasn't a perfect father, but you know that he loved you. He told you he loved you. He believed in you. He was there for you. He showed you the ropes. But for others of us, when we think about our family tree, it's not necessarily the most amazing exercise because your tree isn't fantastic. Some of the limbs are cracked and the leaves are a little bit withered around the edges. And yeah, maybe there's a leaf or two on there that you can go, yeah, I've got a, my, my second cousin, his wife, she's pretty cool. 
But other than that, it's fragmented. It's not the sturdiest and the best looking picture of what family is all about. But here's the thing that we cannot negotiate around today. We are the product of our family tree. We are the product of our origins and our family trees are real and they have power in our lives. Now, I've said this too many times, but if you're young and you're in this gathering, there's some kids in here, some middle school kids in here, some high school kids in here. If you're young, you still have this mindset of, I know what my family tree is like. I know what my heritage looks like. I know what mom and dad look like, but I'm not going to end up like that. I will never wear dark socks and dress shoes with shorts in public ever in my life. But now the 40-year-olds in the room, they don't waste time on foolish talk like that. They get it. We know the power of our DNA. And you don't have to spit in a container and send it anywhere to know that your family tree has a lot to say about who you are and how you live. But here's the beauty today. Whether your tree is a great tree or a struggling tree, whether you are thrilled about where you came from or you're not even 100% sure about where you came from, there is another tree in our story today. And though the power of our family tree is real, the power of this tree is real as well. And this tree is called Calvary's tree. There is a cross in the middle of our story today, and it changes everything about who we are and where we came from. And this is the story of the gospel. What we're celebrating today is not church membership. It's really not even church attendance. For crying out loud, nobody even checked a box when you came through the door today. So you didn't even get earthly credit for being here. Maybe you made your mom happy because you show up on mother, showed up on Mother's Day. Or maybe you think God's happy because you're like, hey, I know I'm not here a lot, but I am getting credit for being here today, right? Awesome. Cool. Put it down. But today's not about showing up. It's not about church attendance. It's not about church membership. It's not about what denomination you're a part of. It's not about what label you wear. The gospel is different than that. The gospel equation works like this. Jesus Christ hung his life on Calvary's tree so that you and I could experience something far greater than just a denominational affiliation. Oh, come on. I think if some people want to clap for that, let's just go ahead and clap. And equal time for those of you who are fired up about your denominational affiliation. Yes. Amen. So it's great. But here's the thing. The gospel is far greater than that. The gospel story works like this. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to the tree that you and I should have died on. His son took the payment for our wrong, our guilt, and our shame. He took our sins, Jesus did, on his innocent life, and he bore the wrath of a holy God. And he died 
where you and I should have died. He was raised from the dead by the power of God. And when we put our faith in him, do you know what happens to us? Something miraculous happens to us. Something supernatural happens to us. Something far greater than, oh, you joined something or became a member of something or showed up to something or even agreed to something. No, something far greater happened. The scripture says we were born again on the inside. We were born spiritually. That's what happened to us when we put our faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. So the question on the table today is not what denomination you're part of. Oh, do you believe in? Oh, yes, we're Lutherans. We've always been Lutherans. Fantastic. Are you born again? Well, we come from a Catholic background. Wonderful. Half Catholic myself. Are you born again? We always went to the Baptist church. And now we're at, I'm not sure where we're at right now. People ask me, and I'm like, I don't really know. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. I like it, though. It's good. It encourages me. But I don't know what it is. Oh, you're non-denominational. I don't like being a negative, really. Great. So you go to Passion City Church. Are you born again? See, this isn't President Jimmy Carter's phrase, if you remember back in the day. This isn't the preacher's phrase. This is Jesus' phrase. A man came to Jesus in the night and said, I perceive that you are a teacher sent from God. And Jesus said, listen, if you want to see the kingdom of God, if you want to be in the kingdom of God, you must be born again. What Jesus was saying was, the effects of sin on our life is not that we're out of church and we need to get into church. It's not that we're bad people and we need to be better people. It's not that we have some issues and we need a little course correction. The problem with sin is that we are dead and the only way you cannot be dead is to be born again from the inside by the power of the Spirit of God. So it's not the message today, but I just feel like God wants me to take one more step in a loving way to you today. God doesn't care about your, your, your behavior modification system. If you're banking on that, you are banking on the wrong thing. Jesus didn't die so that you could spend your life trying to improve your life. Jesus died so that you could be born again by the Spirit of God, forgiven and free as a son or a daughter of Almighty God. And either you are born again or you're not born again. There is no middle ground. There is no, I'm almost born again, and I hope that counts for something. And Jesus is offering us something today supernatural. So this is not a self-help system we have going here. This isn't something else that you add to your yoga regimen or your green smoothie that you're doing for the next three days until you give up on that. It, this is not just another add-on. This is a supernatural movement of being born again. Listen to the way Jesus said it. That conversation with Nicodemus was in John chapter 3, but listen to what John says in chapter 1. Verse 12, yet to all who received him. Now, who's the him? The him, if you look a few verses up, is Jesus. To all who received Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, 
nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. In other words, there is a family tree dynamic going on, but there's also a Calvary tree dynamic going on. And because of Calvary's tree, we are now born again as children of God. So maybe the blob of spit can tell you about your human origins, but a drop of blood changes your divine origins. So the blob of spit is real, but the drop of blood is real also. And the drop of blood forgives and cleanses and births in us brand new life. And guess what? We get a new family tree. Everybody who's put faith in Jesus is in a brand new family tree. We had to get one we could fit in the building, but this one should be about 20 feet taller with limbs that you can put swings on. You could build a glamping tree house inside of it because this tree of God is sturdy and strong. It is flourishing and faithful in season and out. It has been, it is, and it forevermore will be. And when you are born again by the power of Almighty God, you were born into a brand new family tree. So maybe your earthly family tree is awesome, great. Maybe your earthly family tree is almost dead and decayed. But in Christ, new tree. And you know who, who, who's in the tree? It's real simple. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in me. Oh, Mar Martha Jean prayed us into the tree, but she ain't in that tree. I mean, she's in it, but she's just in it like we're all in it. Those of us who put faith in Jesus, I guess we're all in this tree, but for each one of us, we're looking up the tree and it only goes up to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When I was born again, I got my life from the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's where I got my new spiritual life. So it's not 23 in me, it's just three in me. Three in me. And in this tree, two powerful things are happening. Number one, I am blessed. I don't know what kind of blessing you got in your earthly tree. I don't know if there is a foundation stone of your father's blessing that you stood on even from a child and it's been propelling you forward into everything God wants you to be your whole life. Or if you didn't get your father's blessing and there's a gap. No matter what the story in your earthly family tree, there is a heavenly blessing coming down from your perfect heavenly father in your new family tree. And you've got a Niagara Falls of blessing coming down on your life every single day in this family tree. So you are blessed. You're like, no, I'm cursed. No, you, you were cursed, and that's real, but now you are blessed, and that's real. In fact, I offer to you, it's more real and more powerful than anything that's happened to you in the past. In this blessing, you know that you will always have enough blessing. Even in a good family tree, you can push your parents to the limit. 
But there's no limits on God's blessing. In this new family tree, you will never exhaust his love. In this new family tree, you will never deplete his goodness. In this new family tree, every single day, his mercy will awaken you. And in this family tree, you will never be forsaken. You say, how do I know this? Because on Calvary's tree, Jesus was forsaken for you. He even said to himself, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So to everybody in this building whose dad walked out on you, turned his back on you, ignored you, never wanted to meet you, hurt you, harmed you, caused you to stumble and not flourish, shouted you down and didn't lift you up, undermined your confidence, didn't build up your confidence. For everyone who has that story, Jesus says, I get it. Because man, did I ever need my father the moment I put my hands on that cross and he walked away from me. And he did that so that you and I could be forgiven and transferred by birth into that tree. So that we would be able to know he was forsaken on Calvary's tree. Are you seeing this? So I will never be forsaken in my new spiritual family tree. I am blessed. Man, this is a game changer for somebody here today because you've never conceived of the idea of living blessed. But you are blessed through Christ by birth into a new family tree. Your life does not have to be a combination of all the what ifs and all the buts. Your life can be brand new in a new family tree. Three and me. The second thing that's true in this tree, not only are you blessed, you can bless. In this tree, in this supernatural, miraculous resurrection story that you are now in, I'm just wondering, because I need a little feedback. You don't have to clap, but can anybody just smile if you're feeling like this is like really happening to you, that you really are in a new spiritual tree with the almighty God as a loved son and a loved daughter by faith in Jesus Christ? Anybody honestly feeling that? Well, if you're feeling and sensing and knowing that, here's the thing. Standing under this mind-blowing blessing, you're going to find the power to forgive your dad for all the hurt and all the wrong and all the pain he caused you in your life. Because you're going to know, I am blessed. And you know what blessed people do? They bless You're like, Louis, um, <clears throat> well, I'm going to take a little pause right here because I was totally with you right up to that point. But I swear to you, I am never forgiving my dad. I can't see that ever happening. 
And when you say that, I just want to remind you, that's the old you talking. That's the pre-tree you happening. That, that's the before the miracle you talking. When you say, I'm not going to forgive, I, I don't ever see that as a possibility. I, I can see God doing a lot of things, but I don't see God doing that. That's the old you talking. That's not the new you in the new tree with the new blessing and the new family talking. And God wants us to get under this blessing so that we can see we can give this blessing and it is a possibility. If God can overwhelm the grave, if God can cancel the debt of sin, if God can make peace between you and a holy God, if he can free you from death and the grave, if he can recreate you by his spirit, he can certainly give you power over the past. And he can be in you a curse breaking force for generations to come. The curse that came down your family tree can end right here and right now. And it's all related to the power of this word forgiveness. You say, well, I... I, I Louis, I'm happy, I'm moving on with my life, I got a nice family, I got a good job, I've accomplished some things, and so I don't really need to go back and dig all this up all over again. Why would I want to forgive my dad, and, and how could that even happen? It happens at this Calvary tree. When our eyes are open to see that we got forgiven. I got forgiven, not us got forgiven, I got forgiven. I didn't earn it, and I didn't deserve it. But God extended it to me. And to the degree that I understand that and internalize that and embrace that, to that same degree, I'm going to reflect that to the world around me. Even my dad. Because I realized that Jesus didn't just die for all my wrong. He died for all my dad's wrong and all the wrong my dad did to me. The cross is not messing around, people. It is a powerhouse that breaks the curse and sets people free. And that's what God wants to have happen in this place, and you're saying, but my dad doesn't deserve to be forgiven. My dad has never even one time acknowledged that he was wrong. My, my dad wouldn't even care if I tried to forgive him. So I'm willing to move on with the whole Jesus thing, but I don't think the forgiveness piece is going to happen in my life. And to that, I just want to define for a moment, from a biblical point of view, what we say when we say forgiveness. We're not talking about sweeping anything under the rug. Please know that Calvary's tree makes it pretty clear that God doesn't sweep anything under the rug. Otherwise, he would have just swept all of your wrong under the rug and saved his son the agony of dying in your place. 
So when God says forgive, he's not saying, hey, let's pretend like nothing happened. Let's just, you know, let bygones be bygones and let's just move on with a little bumper sticker faith and a little button, you know, of, hey, I believe in God, so I'm going to forgive. No, he's not saying sweep anything under the rug. And he's not saying to release your dad from the consequences of his decisions. And he's certainly not saying to continue to put yourself in harm's way. So the message today is that, hey, just go right back to where you were because that was a dangerous place to be. No, God's saying you don't need to be in that dangerous place, but you do have the power to forgive your dad. And this is what it looks like in a biblical sense. Are you ready? It's not to release your dad from something. It's more to release your dad to someone. You're not letting your dad off the hook. You're really just putting your dad on God's hook. And you're understanding what God says about himself in Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And so what we're doing is we're saying, dear dad, you messed up my life and I can't even explain to you all the fallout from that. But I have seen the cross and I have been forgiven, and in the power of that forgiveness, I choose to forgive you. So I am releasing you to God to let you and God work out what you have done to me. That is forgiveness, full forgiveness. And it solves the dilemma that we have of wanting justice in our lives. But instead of us taking the reins of justice, us deciding we're going to be judge and jury for our dad, we decide to let the judge be judge and jury for our dad. And we believe in this God and trust in this God to know that he will do right by us and right by our dad and everything will be dealt with in the end. And if you can come to that kind of confidence in your perfect heavenly father, it's going to give you the ability to be free. You're like, why would I want to do this, Louie? I'll tell you why. Because when you offer forgiveness, the moment you offer forgiveness, you get free. See, you don't get free when forgiveness is received. Have you ever forgiven someone and they didn't care? And if you weren't careful, you took your forgiveness back. <laughs> he said, oh, I thought this conversation was going to go a different way. But if that's the way you want to act about it, well, we can, two can play that game. So watch what I'm about to do. I'm about to shut you out of my life. I'm about to close the door on you like you've never seen before. It's going to be a garage door coming down so quick. You better get out of the way. It's going to be bolted shut. And I will decide if and when that door will ever be open. You may never see me again. You may never see your grandkids again. You may never hear from me. And I don't really care about you anyway because I had a cruddy family tree and it's mostly all because of you. So goodbye. I now am in charge. Okay, before you made the decision, you said you decided you live with that other family in Ohio because that other wife was going to be better than our mom. And so you just checked out on us and checked in with them. And all of a sudden you had all these different family and all these other kids and this other life. And you decided that and I didn't get a vote, but I get a vote now. 
And with my vote, unforgiven. I've got the power. I got the power now. And I just want to ask a gentle question. How's that working out for you? Because I believe unforgiveness is false power. I believe it makes you think that you have power over your dad, but really it's just power to keep you trapped in your past. It's really just keeping you trapped in the pain of the past. I say all of this incredibly mindful of the awful pain that a lot of us feel in this room right now. This is not easy stuff, but your life depends on it. Your future depends on it. It depends on you being honest with this question. Is your unwillingness to forgive, is that bringing you more peace or less peace? Is that bringing you more joy in life and more power in your life? Or is that bringing you less joy in life and less power? Is that propelling you forward into God's dream for your life? Or is that trapping you in the past where you continue to repeat things like, I'll never be like my dad. I will never treat my family like my dad. I will never treat my kids like my dad. I'll never be an alcoholic like my dad. I'll never be a workaholic like my dad. I will never be like my dad. I will never turn out like him. I swear I will never be like him. And do you understand every time you say that phrase, you're repeating the negative that you don't want to have happen in your life. And it's likely that if you live long enough, that the weird thing's going to happen and you're going to start seeing the fruit and the power of this earthly tree rising up inside of you. And you're actually going to be saying things and doing things you can't really believe you're saying and doing. I mean, we all see it happen. If you're married and you're in your 40s or 50s, you hear your, your spouse say things to you all the time when using the names of your parents. <laughs> Shelly says it to me all the time. She'll go, <clears throat> Martha Jean, is that you? <laughs> Whoa, did I have that weird look on my face? She goes, yeah, crazy look. Martha Jean, you had it. Big Lou, hello, hello, Big Lou, is, is, is that you? See, there's power in this earthly tree. And if you don't think there is, then you, you're, you're a couple of weeks away maybe from a big revelation in the mirror one day. But if you spend your energy punching the old family tree, you're gonna miss out on the opportunity to spend all of your energy embracing and modeling the new family tree. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. Let me tell you what my father is like. And let me tell you what I'm going to be like because of my father. This is what I'm going to be like. Not, I promise you, I'll never be like that. No, by the grace of God, I'm going to grow up and be like my perfect heavenly father. This is my future. This is my plan. This is what I'm going to be by the grace of God. And I'm telling you, when we are able to forgive, we are now living in the oxygen of the gospel, which is revolution. It is revolution. It turns things 
upside down. And any normal person rolling around in their own strength can harbor bitterness and anger and unforgiveness and decide they're going to they're gonna run the show and they're going to they're gonna let everybody know how the playbook is going to unfold. Any normal person can resent their other tree, can fight against it, and try to do their best to modify in their own ability. Any normal person can do that. But we're not normal people. We've got divine access now to the power of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God and the resurrection power of Jesus, the Bible said, is living in us. So we can do things that are off the grid, like forgive. And maybe your dad never answers the text, never responds to the email. The letter gets returned in the mail. But the moment you release and don't take back, you become free. And now you're spending all the energy you were using to clench your fists. Now you're using all that energy to embrace the Father who's calling you up to be a loved son or a loved daughter. And you know what happens? <laughs> you look at this tree and you, you don't despise it. You're heartbroken for it. And you say, man, I don't know how by the grace of God I got in this tree. I don't know how by the grace of God I got saved. I got born again. I got the gift of the Holy Spirit. I got a divine connection with God. I'm a loved son. I'm a loved daughter of God. I have incredible potential now to grow up and be like my heavenly father. I have Niagara Falls coming down on me every day. I've got an unquenchable source of love and grace and mercy coming down on my life, a never-ending supply of a perfect Father's blessing that is on me and over me and leading me and guiding me through life. I've got enough blessing, hello, to go over here and not curse the family tree. I've got enough blessing to come over and actually bless my family tree. I'm gonna send the blessing back up the family tree that never came down to me, because I'm a revolutionary agent now. I cannot be controlled by cir human circumstances any longer. I'm not operating in normal operating procedures anymore. I'm a divine kingdom agent of almighty God right now, and I can change things and alter things. I have the power of God in my life to reverse the curse. The scripture says, Bless and don't curse. And you can't do that unless you are grafted in to the miracle of a new family tree. And in time, maybe not overnight, flick of a switch, maybe it takes a moment, but in time you can come over to this tree and actually bless a father who never had a blessing possibly and who never blessed you. And you can say, I got enough for all of us people. <laughs> I'm gonna bless and not curse. I'm gonna give life 
and not speak death. I'm going to tell you that God is for you, that he believes in you, that his arm is not too short to save. I'm going to tell you that I forgive you and release you to let you and God work out what's going on in your life. I just want you to know you're a somebody, that you have value in your life, that Christ thought enough of you to give his life for you. And I just want to speak blessing back up the tree. And when I do that, listen, I can say in this moment, the curse that came down, from great granddaddy down to granddaddy down to daddy and down to me I reverse that curse right here and right now that curse is not going down to my son and it's not going down to my grandson in the power of the authority of Jesus Christ over my life I am now speaking life and it started the moment I forgave It all unleashed the moment I realized by the grace of God, I am not a victim any longer. I have power in my mouth and in my heart to do the impossible. Dear Dad, I, by the grace of God, forgive you. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at passioncitychurch.com or download the Passion Movement app. And again, thanks for listening to the Passion City Church podcast.